up substance, make some noise wherever you are at, Northtown, downtown, we love you. We are so glad you are in church today. And if we haven't met, I'm Pastor Peter Haas, and I'm up here. I'm just telling you, I'm excited because I'm up here with my leading lady, Carolyn Haas, today. Tag teaming. We are gonna tag team this one. Now, it's for real. It's been, it's been fun to actually, baby, it's fun to be able to preach with you. This last week we were separated because I was in Cleveland and she was preaching in Virginia. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but she's kind of a big deal now. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, for real. Like, I, I, like seriously, babe, it's, it's fun. You, you've always preached God's word to me and you've always been filled with God's word. Like, I, I know that she always has a fresh Bible insight from like some weird book in the Old Testament that most of us wouldn't read. You know what I'm saying? Come on, you know who you are. Uh, No, but for real, like actually, I I know that you're filled with God's word, but it's fun for me to watch the world kind of wake up to it. And uh, it's fun, but of course, you know, it wasn't always like this, was it, Carolyn? Right? I I mean, in the early days, we couldn't do much of anything, right? It was, you know, really, when we planted this church, our, our dream was just to create a place where normal people could experience God's word. And I, I remember, you know, most people, they, uh, they love, they're open to God, but they're not, they just feel incompatible with church. You know what I'm saying? And so we, we wanted to kind of do something a little different. And, uh, and yet, in the beginning, it was a little complicated because we had two young kids and, uh, you know, we couldn't pretty much do anything, right? So when we planted Substance, we're talking 19 years ago, we had two kids under the age of four, and then I'm pregnant with number three, okay? So it was busy, it was like crazy. We couldn't afford any staff. I'm working for free, I'm not getting paid at all. And how many of you young moms know, like, you can lose your mind in times like this? Like, I mean, you finally get your hair makeup done, your outfit looks cute, you know, and then all of a sudden the baby like pukes all over it, you know? Like, can anyone relate? Maybe that happened to you this morning. But I call it baby puke shirt, you know what I'm saying? Like when you're, like uh, when you've got young kids, you can always tell because right here, it's like a big white stain, you know, it's just, and so after a while, you just leave it. Don't even worry, just let it on all your shirts, you're good, you're good. In this season, you know, Peter and I could not afford to go out to eat at all, like, like ever. And if we were ever gonna go out to eat, it was because we had a coupon, you know? And so, and even then, it wasn't to a nice restaurant. We're talking like we had a coupon for Quiznos sub sandwiches. Come on, did any of you just choose a restaurant based on the coupon that you had? (laughs) It could have been like the grossest, awful, I mean, just like, there could be like rats running through it and you're like, I got a coupon, you know what I'm saying? Like. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, no. So one time we're doing not. a family fun night. We have this coupon, and so it was for a sub sandwich shop. And so, listen, we take the family, and I'm into the details, okay? So I don't, we don't just order our food. I go to the checkout first. I show them my coupon, and I'm like, hey, I've got this coupon. It, does it work at this location? Like, can we read it? Like, it's buy one, get one free, just verifying that it absolutely works here. And of course, the checkout lady was like, yes, your coupon works, you can go ahead. So I was like, okay, perfect. So then we get in line, We order our sandwiches. Well, then by the time I go to pay, it's a different girl at the checkout. So I just give her my coupon, and she looks at me, and she goes, no, no, this coupon will not work. And of course, I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, like I already had this conversation. We actually verified to make sure the coupon worked, and she's just like, absolutely not. You may not use this coupon. And I don't know about you, but like, I kind of lost it. You know what I mean? Like, like I snapped, you know, because like, it's not like I wanted to eat at this restaurant anyway, but I'm only there because of the stinking coupon. And I verified, like I am into the details here. 
So I'm not, I'm not really proud of this. This story has never been told before, okay? So this is like the first. But I got into a full-on fight with the Quiznos lady. And, okay, this is where I step in, okay? So you have to understand, okay? You know, so she's, she's checking out. I'm already filling up my drink. I'm on the other side of the restaurant getting my nice ice and my Coke Zero. We're probably getting and, a table for the kids. Like, yeah, I was getting, a, I, right, I was getting everything set. And then all of a sudden, I hear my wife in a fight with the Quizno lady. And, you know, you have to understand, she's like the, she's the sweetest human on planet Earth. Like, she can't even handle a friendly debate, let alone an argument, right? She doesn't raise her voice. And all of a sudden, I'm like, uh-oh, like, mom's broke. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so I, I mean, I could hear it. I, I literally ran across the store. I was like an NFL efficient trying to break up a giant fight. You, come on, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, whoa, 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 time out, time out, time out, time out. I'm like we will pay for this, you know what I'm saying? Like all of a sudden I'm like, hey, you know, like we're new pastors in the city, right? We don't wanna wreck our reputation right out of the gate, right, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so, you know, I'm sorry, baby, you are good. You're you know, I've, to this day, we've never gone back to that restaurant. Which is totally fair, it's totally fair. How many of you know though, it is easy to lose your peace? Okay, it's easy for people to steal your peace. You could, you could be, you could leave church totally full of joy and you're just like, praise the Lord. And then that one person cuts you off and all of a sudden, boom, sin nature. You know what I'm saying? That one, you were, you were great until you read that one Instagram post and then you're like, ah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. People can just steal it left and right. And I think we, we live in a world like that and if we're not good, at grabbing a hold of God's peace, getting that conduit straight from heaven into our hearts. I'm just telling you, the devil's gonna rip us off a lot. And that is why, over the next couple of weeks, what we're actually gonna be talking about is how to get peace into our marriages, peace into our parenting, peace into our finances, peace into all these areas where it's easy to allow chaos to reign. And, and fortunately for us, the Bible has over 250 Bible passages on how to get peace into different areas of our lives. And so Carolyn and I are gonna get real in the next couple of weeks about how we've had to fight for peace and some of the hard lessons where people stole it from us. So today is, imagine, like we're gonna start with the basics. So imagine today being Peace 101. But more specifically, you guys ready? we're gonna share four counterintuitive principles about God's peace. Like how does God's peace actually work in our lives and how can you and I interact with it? How can we get in sync with it? How can we receive it and walk in God's peace today? And I'm telling you, we're gonna give you tons of scriptures. You're gonna wanna take notes. So pull out your phone and write on your phone app or if you've got old school journal, I want you to write it down because the scriptures we're gonna share today, you're gonna wanna go back and read and meditate and memorize because they will transform your life today. So start, we're gonna start today with Luke chapter 19, verse 41. And, and before we read it, Jesus is about to die. So this is within hours before he's about to die. He knows what's gonna happen and listen to his prayer. As Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, if you, even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. How many of you know it's easy to look for peace in the wrong things? And I just love that Jesus wept in this moment and he's just like, they did not know what would bring them peace. If only they would have known it was right here. So it begs the question for you and I today. 
How do, where do we find this peace? Yeah. Where do we find peace? Well, Jesus made it quite clear in John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you might have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Okay, that's a promise from God. You will have trouble, but take heart, be encouraged. I have overcome the world. So note takers, I want you to write this down. Number one, peace isn't a what. Peace, it's a who. Come on. Peace isn't a what, it's a who. Jesus is our peace. Here's one of my favorite scriptures, 2 Thessalonians 3:16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you all. He is the Lord of peace. That means like he's the boss. He's got it. Like this is his domain. In fact, I love how Isaiah 9, 6 says that Jesus is the prince of peace. Right. He's in charge. He's got the authority over peace. Check out this verse, Ephesians 2, 13 and 14. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away, you were far away from God, but you've been brought near through the blood of Christ for he himself is our peace. I love this. One more verse but from John 14, 26 and 27. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. In the New Living Translation, I love what John 14, 27, Jesus says, I'm leaving you with a gift. So think of it as a present. I'm giving you a gift. And he says, peace of mind and heart. We need both. And Jesus knows that we need peace of mind for our thoughts that ruminate and and go crazy. And then we need peace of heart for our emotions. And I love how he says, "I, I don't give it to you as the world gives it. How does the world give it? Well, the world tries to seek it through circumstantial things like, through income, through perfect politics, through all these different things that we all know is never gonna be fully right. You know what I'm saying? That's why we're going back to Jesus is our peace, not circumstances, leading to the second counterintuitive way that principle that we need to learn if we're gonna experience peace, okay? Peace is not a circumstance, it is a position of our hearts. Let me tell you, every single time God answers a prayer, that is a circumstantial prayer. Guess what's gonna happen? Within about one week, you're gonna go on and start whining about the next big thing that isn't right in your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, it, finally God will show up and then you'll be like, oh, now I just need, now I just need a good house. Now I just need a good car. Now I just need the next level. There's always a next level. You know what I'm saying? There's, you're never gonna arrive. At the end of the day, Jesus is our peace and peace is not a circumstance. It is a, a position of our hearts. Many of you guys know, uh, when I wrote, so I, I, I write comedy books on spirituality, so Broken Escalators was like my second one, and it was on uh, the 10 predictors of, of promotion and happiness. And I go it into it, I, I actually dive into it from a scientific standpoint, and then show how it actually confirms what the Bible said all along. But one of the interesting studies, I, I came upon all these different studies to find out uh, how does happiness change with income level? You know what I'm saying? Have you ever wondered that? Because you're like, oh, if I could get to that next level. Uh, they found that, that, that there is a certain degree where if you, up, up until a certain uh, uh, income level that it does actually increase a little bit of your, your sense of security. 
but they found that there's like a tipping point, and different studies have a different threshold, but they found right around combined total income of about 70,000, they found that, that happiness tends to plummet over a certain number, okay? So, and some of you are like, I might be the exception to the rule, okay? Lord, would you at least, let me try to find out if I'm that guy, you know? Like, I get it, right? But get this, okay? There's all this research showing that when, when people's income uh, crosses that threshold, it actually increases stress, increases burnout, increases job insecurity, the exact opposite of peace, and that people with more money tend to be angrier than the general population, okay? I'm just saying, what if the Bible was true all along that Jesus is our peace and that it's not a circumstantial thing? Okay? Same was true when it came to the research with politics. One study found the more interested a person was in politics, the less happy they were in life. Shocker! <laughs> As if you didn't know that already. Have you ever been like watching the news and we're like, wow, I feel so good. No, said no one ever. I'm just saying, come on. Like, in fact, actually, the Bible said it all along, Psalm 146. Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground, and on that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is the Lord their God. Blessed is the opposite of another word called cursed. Blessed, cursed, okay? So basically, the Bible is saying if you place your faith in politicians, you have a curse on your life. Wow! Think about that. In fact, our opening scripture, it was Jesus weeping over Jerusalem. You know why he was weeping over Jerusalem? Because they thought what they wanted was a political solution against the Romans. And guess what? Jesus is like, oh, if only you knew what real peace was. I am real peace. And they were hoping that Jesus would do that the first time. Well, guess what? Second time he comes, he's gonna be all that and more. But I'm saying they missed it the first time. Why? Because they're looking for the wrong things. They were looking for a what instead of a who. They were looking for a circumstance instead of a position of heart. And that leads us ultimately to the third point, which is this. God only brings peace to those who let him rule. Right now, the kingdom of heaven is breaking out. And what is a kingdom? It's a domain. It's a domain where a king rules. And guess what? Jesus is the prince of peace. That means uh, he, he's coming to rule and reign. And we can opt into that kingdom or we can choose an earthly kingdom. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians choose an earthly kingdom instead of, a, uh, instead of God's kingdom. And ultimately, we quote this around Christmas time, Luke 2.14, but the angels were actually indicating something very, very unique. They said, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, okay, so that's where we live, on earth, peace to men, to, on whom? Like, oops, I just blew it up there. Woo, fancy, right? On earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. It's a very specific group, right? It's not to everybody. And peace to whom? On people whom his favor rests. It's a very specific group. Now, in case you're worried about being excluded from that group, the Bible says you can actually opt into that group by experience, by literally becoming a citizen of heaven. You are now a part of that domain. You get a passport. Well, how do you get a passport like that? by surrendering to this God through worship, you see? In other words, you, you, you submit to this God and then all of a sudden the Prince of Peace comes to rule and reign. That's why Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Now, th 
Paul wouldn't say this if it automatically happened. And let's be honest, when that driver cut you off this morning, it wasn't automatic, was it? It was something you had to choose. Joy and peace is something we choose, and we do it through surrender to God, and then all of a sudden we experience his life. You see, and that leads to the fourth and final point. He often removes peace from us when we pursue it in circumstances more than him. Is it because he's mean? No, it's because he loves us that he does not want to allow us to continue to go on with the delusion that circumstances are somehow gonna bring that about in our lives. Let me tell you, just right out of the gate, no professional success is gonna all of a sudden satisfy that God-shaped void in your life. No paycheck is gonna satisfy that God-shaped void. There's no circumstance on earth that is gonna fill that God-shaped void except for God himself. And, and listen, check this out. Psalm 16, four, here's a great and precious promise for all of us to meditate on. The sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods. And what is another God? A God is anything we're trying to find fulfillment in more than God. You see, God loves us so much that he's gonna allow us to experience the opposite of peace, ultimately sorrow. And it's not because he's mean, it's because he's actually trying to wake us up to a greater reality. It's actually because he loves us. That's why the, Isaiah just sums it up like this. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. There's just, if we're looking for it in the wrong places, we're, we're always going to just experience the opposite of it. And so it begs the question, if we're lacking peace, there just might be an area in our lives where we're, we're allowing sabotage, where we're, we're, we're trusting in the wrong things. Does that make sense, everybody? So it begs the question, how do we get peace? How do we receive this peace? How do we walk in this peace? Let me encourage you with some scriptures here. I love Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. It's not going to make sense. That's right. It's not going to be logical. It's not going to make sense. It doesn't match your circumstances, but it's the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. It's going to guard your hearts, and it's going to guard your mind. Are you hearing that theme today? Peace of heart, peace of mind. Doesn't have to make sense. But it happens when we present our prayers to God with gratitude. If we pray with gratitude, I am telling you, we are going to experience God's peace. That gratitude is one of the ways we access his peace. But the Bible also teaches that we can get, uh, get God's peace through meditation of his word. So check this out, Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have they who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. What I love about this verse is it... it it doesn't just say, like, you have God's law, you know God's law, you have to love God's law. And think about it, when you love something, like you cherish it, you prioritize it, you spend your money, time, resources, you study it, like, it's evident when you love something, right? It doesn't say great peace have those who deny your law, who ignore your law, who disagree with your law. Great peace have those who love your law. You know, like I, I, a, lot of, a lot of the times over the years, people ask me about my spiritual disciplines. Like how, like how do we read our Bibles? What, what does prayer look like for, for each of us? And of course, we do it very differently. But uh, over the years, like one of my favorite disciplines, and this is going to sound a little counterintuitive, but one of my favorite disciplines 
is I love to memorize and I love to meditate scripture, okay? And keep in mind, memorization is not natural to me, okay? So I'm like extremely ADHD. I'm like, I'll, like I get distracted. That, oh, there's a squirrel. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I just, I literally have the working memory of about a snail. And, uh, and so memorizing God's word is not easy for me. And yet I'm telling you, when I memorize it and I meditate on it, I think deeply on it. It, it transforms me. In some ways, it converts head knowledge into heart knowledge, okay? So uh, kind of let me give you an example of, of maybe a circumstance uh, where I've had to do this. Now, many of you guys know over this last year, it's been kind of a, uh, it's been kind of a, a, a traumatic year for Carolyn and I when it came to our son. We, had a, we got a medical diagnosis that sent us reeling. Actually, years ago, so I, we've got three kids. My youngest uh, son is 17, and uh, a few years ago, he got diagnosed with a rather intense type of epilepsy um, that results in full-on tonic-clonic seizures, uh, used to be called grand mal seizures, uh, which can be very scary to watch because there's been numerous times where I was like, am I going to have to give my son CPR here? He, he doesn't breathe for like almost three minutes, and, uh, and, and it's literally terrifying to watch, especially as a parent, and, uh, and, and so as a result, you know, he hasn't been able to drive, he hasn't been able to get his license, and which isn't a big deal, but, you know, like other things all of a sudden become a really big deal. Like even just like showering, um, you can drown. And, and there's been numerous times where he had seizures while in the shower and just, you know, smashed his head really hard on the uh, falling out of the shower. And, uh, you know, it, it's when you see someone's head hit the concrete full force, it's just, it's awful. It literally is awful. And, and so I became kind of obsessed with, you know, cushioning our house. You know, like our entire house is like a big inflatable jump house, uh, which is actually kind of fun. But, you know, like, no, it, it's, it's not fun at all. I, I, my son's kind of a, becoming a big dude now. And, and uh, you know, just one of his, one fall can alter his life, right? And, of course, to make matters worse, um, his type of epilepsy uh, was appearing to be a drug-resistant type. No matter how much we would up his medications, not only would he continue to have seizures, but he started to have seizures at greater and greater frequency. And it, it is worrisome to the doctors because it can be, it can result in like degenerative disorders that just get worse and worse and worse. Well, um, finally, you know, as if it wasn't already bad enough, back in, in February, many of you guys might remember, uh, kind of we had a nightmare day. Um, my son ended up having a full-on tonic-clonic seizure um, after getting up out of bed and uh, he fell into a full-length mirror and when he hit the mirror, it shattered into his face and neck and he had several two-inch shards of glass go straight into his neck, straight into his jaw, straight through his cheeks, straight into his face, just missed his eye. And um, when I found him, it was a full-on crime scene. I mean, literally he had lost so much blood and he was just laying on the floor. And uh, when I saw him with these two-inch shards of glass just straight through his cheek. And, and then, you know, he woke up um, when I came in there. And he started pulling it out. And it was like ambulance moment. It was, it was actually way more horrifying than I could have even communicated on social media. And uh, thankfully, uh, the one uh, shard of glass missed his jugular. I mean, he, he for surely would have been dead. Um, had we not found him at that moment. And uh, thankfully, they, they stopped the bleeding. They were able to, you know, sew up his face all the way up and down. And, and, um, but even after they stabilized him, I, I, we finally went to the epileptologist. And I'm like, please, you know, like, help us. We've got to stop these things. And, 
And, and you know, one of them was really honest. They were like, hey, listen, I, I, he does have kind of a drug-resistant epilepsy. There's, there's, a less than one, there's a less than 10% chance that switching to another medication is even going to work for him. And um, I, to be honest, it, it kind of it left me thinking, well, how is he going to live a normal life? And how, or let alone me, how am I going to live a normal life? I, I, it was like this, this crisis moment. Now, the reason why I'm sharing this kind of depressing story is because I want you to understand there are going to be moments in your life where you're going to experience the tension of your reality. And you know what God's word says, that God, God is a God who heals. And yet, why isn't it working for me? And there's going to be moments in your life where you're going to have the earthly report, but then, and, and it's going to mess with you because your brain is not going to be able to outthink that situation. And the only solution you're going to have is a supernatural one. And I want to, I'm sharing this because I need you to understand there's going to be moments like this where all you got is God. And, and I want to teach you how to cling to God in these moments. Well, you know, one of the ways that I do that is through prayer, through fellowship, and through God's word, okay? So, uh, you know, I, I, right around that time, I, I was probably, I was starting to internalize. I actually started ex, uh, exhibiting uh, symptoms of PTSD, which um, I started having night terrors almost every night, like where I would literally jump out of bed, and I would wake up standing up with just total adrenaline rush, like fight or flight, you know what I'm saying? And um, it didn't just happen for one night, it got to the point where um, almost every other night I would literally jump out of bed, absolutely terrified, adrenaline rush, I would start running, and then I would wake up as I started running, okay, which um, it got really old, like I remember, you know, once you start, you know, the 10th or 11th time I started doing this, it started getting, and I'll, I'll never forget the, like the 13th night terror I had in a single month, okay, so it was almost like every other night. I, I remember just kind of being so frustrated. At, here I am at like 3, 4 a.m. and I can't fall back asleep because of this weird PTSD thing. And I, I remember just falling on my knees next to my bed like, God, what, what is happening to me? Did I, like what happened to my brain that it keeps waking me up? You know, like what, can you heal my mind? And I, I prayed literally, can you be my Prince of Peace? And I just started worshiping God with gratitude for everything in my life. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And in that moment, I was just like, God, you know, because things were not perfect for me, but you know what? I was like, God, I even thank you for the life that I've even had this far. Lord, I know that there are people that don't even have life and, and, and don't even have, I mean, I thank you for my problems even. I, Lord, thank you for trusting me with my son and thank you for, for healing him in advance. And I just had this moment with God and I'm telling you, I felt this like, I don't know how else to describe it, but I got a Holy Spirit buzz. I mean, like a buzz, okay? And some of you, you got the other kind of buzz. You know what I'm talking about. And, uh, but I'm talking about a Christian buzz, a Holy Spirit buzz. God has it, okay? So there is no, there's nothing on earth that, there's a lot of counterfeits for God. And I was experiencing, I, I just felt this, this peace that was like tingly feeling. And, and what I didn't know is that at, at that exact moment, uh, Pastor Nate Pacini was woken up out of a dead sleep feeling this urgency, pray for Pastor Peter. And uh, he literally, as he was praying for me, he had this vision of Jesus like cradling my head. And so the next day he said, I don't know what happened. Well, he goes, like what happened at that time in the morning? Because I just felt like I needed to get up and pray for you. I got that image and that image was even weird for me, you know, like, you know, Jesus cradling your head. And it was the exact moment I was praying. 
And I kept thinking, what are the odds that God would wake up another church member at the exact moment when I'm praying that prayer? I'm telling you, that is not a coincidence, church. That is the, that is the power of fellowship. God wants to raise up other people. That's why it's so important that we plug ourselves into church before we're in a crisis so that God's people can be a part of the miracle. Are you hearing me? And so I, I will get this, the, when, when Nate told me that, I just had this sense of like even another reassurance that God's got me, right? Well, all of a sudden, I'm, I just happened to be reading my Bible that day, and I wasn't particularly getting into it. Have you ever had one of those days where you're like, oh, this is, you know, it, like I, I read my Bible out of discipline. I don't look for a feeling, and sometimes a feeling happens. Well, all of a sudden, I'm reading this verse Right here, Matthew 10, 29, Jesus is preaching, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? In other words, like he's, he's saying, sparrows are cheap, okay? They're not worth much in our society. Yet, he says, not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. That's how much God cares. He doesn't just care about you. He cares about all of his creation. And even one sparrow falling to the ground, God cares about it. That's how much God cares. And even the very hairs of your head are numbered, so do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Now, as I read this verse, let me tell you something. You know what jumped out of, jumped out of me that I'd never seen before? Not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. That was like the biggest terror in my heart is my son's head hitting that ground, and I, I just, that was my biggest fear. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, God starts speaking to me, hey, Peter, you may not be able to control where your son falls. You may not be able to protect him every single time, but you know what you can know is that my, my heavenly father is gonna be there every last time. And it was almost like, you know what was so weird about this? This verse is not about epilepsy. This verse is not about seizures, and yet God's word is so alive that he can take something and just, just, I mean, it was like surgical. It was almost like he cut this fear out of my heart that day in a way that, that I had never experienced before. And all of a sudden, it was like I had this confidence, like this became my scripture verse. Listen, hey, I may not be there when he falls, but guess what? My father is, and he's always going to protect him. Are you hearing me? Listen to me. Listen to me. Great peace have they who love your law. The law is just a fancy word for the Bible. And nothing can make them stumble. And you know what God's law says? Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Here are his benefits, church. He forgives all your sins. He heals all your diseases. Redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with love and compassion. Come on, kings and queens. He's crowning you today. Who satisfies your desires. I don't know what your desires are, but your heavenly father does. No, he satisfies them. He's got a plan to do it with what? Good things, not mediocre things, not, oh, you're too late things. Come on, good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Come on, that is God's will for you. You need to receive that. You need to internalize that, and you need to let that sink from head knowledge into heart knowledge. But how, Carolyn, how do we do that? Well, let me just say this, the quick report. Even though the doctor said there's a less than 10% chance that the new medicine would work, Eden started a new medication. And are you ready for this? He has now gone over 20 weeks without a seizure. Yeah. I know. It's a huge record. But that's because you have helped us with your prayers. That's right. Only God. You guys have been praying for us. You have been praying for our son. We are so humbled. God's word is alive. Yes. His peace is real. Yep. And we are committed to patiently endure and walk in God's peace every day of Come our on. lives. But I've got to be honest with you. Some of you 
you have head knowledge, but you have not yet allowed it to get into your heart. And that's what scripture meditation does. That's why we're giving you so many scriptures today because you've gotta take the head knowledge of God's word. Yeah, 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 I know Jesus loves me. Yes, I know, I know that he has peace. Who cares if you know it, you gotta have it converted into your heart. Meditation is the process of converting God's truth into spirit fuel. Say that again, say that again. Meditation is the process of converting truth, the truth of God's word, into spirit fuel, into the fuel that's gonna energize you, nourish you, strengthen you. But many of you, you just, maybe you've grown up in church, maybe you know a lot of scriptures or Bible verses, but it's not actually helping you. Some of you actually think, I'm a mature Christian. You know what, maturity is not actually how long you've been a Christian. Maturity is how quickly do you surrender to the Holy Spirit and how quickly do you walk in the fruits of the Holy Spirit. His love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. That, my friends, is maturity. So check this out. In July 2012, there was this issue of the Annals of Family Medicine and they did this study and it actually proved that those who meditated experienced 76 fewer sick days than those who didn't. Isn't that crazy? In fact, our study continued to show that meditation had a greater effect on your health than exercise did by 26%. I know. So some of you are here today and you're like, you mean so if I meditate on God's word, does that mean I don't have to exercise? Praise God. No, you know, how about we do win-win? Like how about you meditate on God's word and memorize scripture while you exercise, right? Let's do both and, how about that? Okay, but I share that today. Because even if you're here today and you're new to church, you're new to God, you don't even know if you believe in God. You might be here today and say, Carolyn, I'm actually an atheist today. But you know what? If you meditate on God's word, you don't just meditate on it, it's gonna give you a 76% advantage on your physical health. Why would you pass that by, right? I mean, God's word is life to our bones, Proverbs 3, 8 says, even if you don't even believe in God. Hey, why would you pass by something that improves your health that much? And I, I just, as one last example of this, I, 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 as we were sharing these stories, I, I remember uh, my pastor friend, Trinity Jordan, many of you guys uh, know him because he's preached that substance many times over the years, but a long time ago when he first planted his church in Utah, um, he was going through a really rough patch financially and he was in kind of one of those despondent seasons that I think all of us have been in at some point. He was like, God, I just want to quit. Like, this isn't working. It's not paying the bills. And, uh, you know, please, please, would you allow me to do something other than pastoring? And he just, he wanted to quit. And it was kind of a, a, a theme prayer in his life. And his finances were bad enough that he had to regularly travel to support raise and he'd have to preach at other churches just to get income to keep his own church afloat. And so there was this one church he said yes to, and of course, you know, he, he couldn't even afford the flight, so he's got to drive, he's driving eight hours to, to do this speaking gig. And, um, and so, of course, his wife, and he's got to drive eight hours through the mountains, which is kind of stressful, and so, uh, he loaded his wife and his one-year-old daughter in the car, and he's driving through the mountains, eight-hour drive, right? Well, uh, wouldn't you know, the moment he started driving, uh, all of a sudden it started pouring rain. As if driving through the mountains isn't stressful enough, driving through the mountains with pouring rain is even more stressful. And then all of a sudden, as he's going up into the mountains, the, the pouring rain turns into sleet and ice, and 
and now it's, it's snow, and so the, the roads were more than slippery, right? And so he goes to change lanes, and all of a sudden, his, his SUV started fishtailing. Next thing you know, he finds himself sliding into the opposite lane with a big giant semi coming down the mountain straight at them. And of course, wouldn't you know, right before the semi hit him, he switches off of the cliff of the mountain and started rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling. And he remembers how many times he flipped and somewhere around the fifth time he's flipping, he's thinking, this is it, this is the end of my life. We are literally, you know, plunging into the abyss. And he shouted out loud in the midst of this flipping car, Jesus, save us, save us. And he said the moment he finished shouting it, all of a sudden the car just immediately came to a stop. And they were just like, they're like, what just happened? What just happened? And, and they're, you know, they're now just trying to gasp for air. And he's, he's looking around to make sure everybody was okay. And he looked into the back seat and the one-year-old was okay. Everybody was strapped in with their seatbelts and everything was all right. And so he slowly starts extricating himself from the car and he gets out of the car and he's walking through the snow and he's like, oh my gosh, like we literally just, you know, plunged down a mountain and he started climbing up the mountain and he's looking back down at his car thinking, how in the world did we even survive this? And suddenly, out of nowhere, this big black dude with cornrows just came walking up to him on the mountainside and said, just looked him in the eyes. Out of, and he's like, who are you and where did you come from? And this guy looked him in the eyes and he said, Satan is trying to stop you and he wants you to stop Trinity, but you can't, man, you can't stop. God is gonna protect you and God is going to guide you. And of course, Trinity is looking at him like, who are you and how did you just come out of nowhere and, and why are you, and he, he just, he literally said thank you and started tearing up and then he looks back to his wife and then he turns around and the guy's gone just disappeared into thin air and immediately he's thinking, oh my gosh, that, that had to have been an angel. It had to have been an angel. And some of you are like, I don't know, I think he bumped his head. You know what I'm saying? Listen, listen to me. Listen to what the Bible says, Psalm 91:11. right? God will command his angels concerning us to guard us in all of our ways. In fact, even the Bible even says that angels can look like humans, right? Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers for some who have done this, have entertained angels without realizing it. Listen to me. When you and I get into the domain of the Prince of Peace, guess what? He actually commands angels concerning us to minister to us. And some of you, you didn't even know that, but there is a spiritual reality that will invade your life. And I don't know about you, but I could use a few extra angels surrounding me. I could use a few extra angels for my son and for my kids and for my wife and for my finances and for my future. And listen, I, I don't know what you're going through, but this is what I do know. God wants you to be a part of his kingdom. He wants to invite you into his domain. And if you would just, listen, it's okay to have hesitancies about God. It's okay to have doubts. But listen, if you would just take whatever life you're living right now and take whatever concerns you've got and just bring it before him. I'm just telling you, God wants to demonstrate miracles for you. And so wherever you're at, would you just bow your heads, close your eyes, and just, what is it that is concerning you most right now? 
What is it that's weighing you down right now? What, what is it that you're most inclined to whine about or even worry about? Listen, God wants you to take that worry and just take whatever little bit of faith you've got, and if you would just place it in his hands, watch what he does. Watch what he does. Because right now, I believe that God wants to do a miracle where you need it most. And so, Father, you see every single heart bowed here. You know what's going on in each of our lives. You know the circumstances that we're worried about. And yet, God, you have a plan for each and every one of us. You never waste our pain. And Lord, I know that you are, you are longing to meet with us by the power of your Holy Spirit to encourage us, to promote us, to take us to places where we could not go on our own. And so we ask you to be right here, right now, in Jesus' name. And church, if you're agreeing with this prayer, here's what you can do. Just, just repeat this after me wherever you're at, and I'm telling you, a miracle is going to happen. Just say this. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me, renew me, and lead me starting today and for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. If you agree with that prayer, just between you and him, say amen. 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 Come on, church. God's got you. You just need to receive his love. You need to receive his love. And I want to teach you how to get in sync with his love over the next couple of weeks in your, your finances and your parenting. And if you're wondering if you're alone, you are not alone. And there's a whole group of people here who are here to help you experience more and more and more of these divine miracles that God has for you. And I, I just, with all that said, what we're going to do is we're going to have our campus pastors come on up here and tell us where we're going to go next. We're going to worship for one last song. But as, as they do, I just want you to prepare your hearts for, to do business with God because he's not done with you yet. Amen.